I cast my mind to Calvary where Jesus bled and died for me I see his wounds his hands his feet Messiah on that cursed tree his body bound and drenched in tears they laid him down in Joseph's tomb the entrance sealed by heavy stone Messiah still and all alone your hand and give him praise I cast my mind to Calvary where Jesus bled and died for me I see his wounds his hands his feet Messiah on that cursed tree his body bound and drenched in tears they laid him down in Joseph's tomb the entrance sealed by stone Messiah still and all alone yesterday someone sent me a question on one social media platform and the person was asking you said faith he said pastor you said faith like we, we don't have faith we don't have to have um, is like, I think the statement I made was, you don't just stand up and say, I have faith. He said, but Jesus Christ told the disciples, have faith in God. And I said, yes. He said, so pastor, that means we can actually have faith. And I said, it's actually wrong because, now let me explain. Now Jesus did not make a mistake, but you need to understand the dispensations in which Jesus spoke. To the people Jesus Christ spoke to, they did not have faith. So he said, have faith. So it's like, you don't have a guitar, so have a guitar. But if you already have a guitar, what I'll tell you to do is to play the guitar. Am I right? Okay, so Jesus was speaking to people who were not born again. The people, I was like, how can the people who were with Jesus were not born again? They were not born again because Jesus had to die and resurrect before anybody could be born again. So, the people who were with Jesus were not born again. So Jesus spoke to them and said, have faith in God. But for the believer, the Bible says in the book of Romans chapter 12, that God had dealt with every man talking to the believer. Because when you read from Romans chapter 12, he talks to the believers. Because the Romans, the book of Romans was written to the Roman church. All right. So he says to those people that 
They are now believers and says that God had dealt with every man the measure of faith. Get that scripture for me. God had dealt with every man the measure of faith. According as God had dealt with every man the measure of faith. So the measure of faith, he didn't say a measure of faith, he said the measure of faith. That means every believer was born again with the measure of faith. So nobody comes uh, into Christ without faith. Because it even had to take faith for you to be born again. Now, how did the faith to be born again, how did that come? Okay. Alright, so it's at Romans chapter 12, verse 3. It says, For I say through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you. So he's talking to the believers. Not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. He said, but to think soberly according as God had dealt with every man the measure of faith. So God dealt with every believer the measure of faith. So there is nobody who is born again who does not have faith at all. So to, to tell the person to have faith will be a statement of error. Like I said, if the person is already holding the guitar, you have to only tell him to play the guitar. So for the Christian and the one who has faith already, what the word of God says is for you to grow your faith. Because that measure of faith, he said the measure of faith, so I can't have more faith than you. He used a definite article there. If he says a measure of faith, that means everybody might have different measures of faith. But I said the measure of faith, definite article. So it's like, um, I don't know have seen um, uh, Gary, you know. They, they, they put it together. That's the measure of Gary. Do you get it? Those of you who like Gary. The measure of Gary. The, the, the one that is 50 pesos. Do they still sell 50 pesos? I forgot again. <laughs> Did this yourself 50 pesos? The one, all the 50 pesos are the measure of Gary 50 pesos. If I say a measure of Gary, then we can say, is it a cup? Is it a spoon? Just so every believer has the measure of faith. So, like I said, faith, yesterday I talked about um, the things that faith are not. Alright? I'll quickly rush with a recap so you would understand where we are going from here. You say, the, um, the word of God, I said, I talked about the word of God is first of all for your mind. You see, it's possible for your mind. God wants to make adjustment with your mental structures. The things that are in your mind, God wants to make adjustment with them. Now, when you become born again, you have to realize that you have already, it depends on when you become born again, because when you become born again, later on in life, around 30, 40, the mental structures that you have put have already solidified. And it's going to take a lot more for those things to go. Now, when someone becomes born again, at a younger age, that's why I love preaching to young people. I love preaching to children, actually. You know, when I go, sometimes on evangelism, those days when we used to go on street evangelism, I still go though, but I mean, when we used to go more rampantly those days, when you, you pray for an older person to receive the Holy Ghost, it takes longer than when you pray for a child. I mean, we know that. When you're praying for a child, say, receive the Holy Ghost, begin to speak in tongues. Immediately, they start speaking. You see, because um, the mental structures at that time, he's still undergoing programming. When you grow, sometimes it becomes, the, the, the whole faith talk becomes so difficult for you because you've passed through a lot in life, your, your faith is not pure. Because um, while you are standing in front of a situation, you, you probably, because of experience, have an alternative. So the word of God is first of all for your mind. You see, um, go to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. I want to show you something. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Now, look at um, this scripture. This particular scripture I'm about to read, a lot of people use it, and it's actually right to some extent, but let's look at the real context under which Paul wrote it. 
So we are not looking at the character of the, 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 the scripture. We are looking at the exact concept with which he wrote. Because sometimes when you understand the scriptures, you have to study the character of the scripture. Because sometimes it's revealing to you a principle of God. Not exactly what he's talking about. Now, the principle applies. But we are looking at the exact context in which Paul put it. Let's, let's go to from verse 2. He said, but I beseech you that I may not be bold when I'm present with that confidence. Wherewith I think to be bold against some. Which think of us, on the line think. Which think of us as if we walk according to the flesh. Verse 3. He says, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. He now starts talking, thinking of war. Now, this is the reason why so many people uh, make this scripture look like it is only for spiritual warfare. Because he said, we do not war after the flesh. So people use this scripture a lot for spiritual warfare, but that's not, he was not necessarily talking about spiritual warfare. In this particular scripture, this scripture is not talking about spiritual warfare. He's talking about something. Let's go there. Now, he says, for the weapons of our warfare are not kind of, so you, know, you begin to think um, he's talking about a spiritual knife or something. No, he says, for the weapons of our warfare are not kind of, said, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. So what are these strongholds? People begin to think immediately it is demons. No. You will look at, we'll look at um, very key words that he puts over here. He says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down. So look at these words, weapons, warfare, strongholds. It looks like a combat. Now, look at the combat he talks about in verse 5. You understand the combat he's talking about? He said, casting down demons, casting down imaginations. So it goes back to the mind. Casting down imaginations, he says, and every high thing that exalts itself against the spiritual powers. Knowledge of God. So you see, God, God is sending you his word, warring with what you already have in your mind that does not agree with the word of God. You see, that's God's emphasis. He's warring with the things or the, the, the words or the things that the things you have put in your mind. You know, sometimes some of these programming, they happened with friends. You see, you're with friends. Then, by the time you were growing up among the friends, you realize that every time they talk, it's like until you go to Benin. You know Benin? <laughs> it's like until you go to Benin, nothing is going to happen for you. All right? I don't mean the country Benin. Like, you know, it's on social media everywhere. People are talking about Benin, all right? So it looks as though if you don't do something, you will not let it happen. So even though you might have some little faith in God, because of the convocation you find yourself and the communication they always talk about, it has built certain strong. So God wants to help you, but what is in your mind does not allow him. So it says, the weapons that he's sending are going to cast down imaginations. It says, and every high... Um, uh, NIV says every high thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And he says, and bringing into captivity, Jeremiah said something. He said, it's not my word like a hammer. So the word of God has a hammer ministry. You see, breaking strongholds, like in this, in this particular meeting, a lot of strongholds are being broken in the mind. So many things you used to think before that I need, if I don't get a land, I failed. You see, when God's word comes into your life, one of the first evidence that will show that the word of God has come into your life is that you become God conscious, you become divinity conscious. You will not start rating yourself by whatever happens around you. You become God conscious, you become divinity conscious. Anybody that the word of God has affected, he doesn't uh, surround himself with the cares of this life. 
Like in this world, it's like, try to get money, try to get money, try to be rich, try to be that. No, but Jesus has another thought. That is, contrary to this thought, he says, a man's life does not consist in the abundance of things that he possesses. Jesus, that's the word of God, has a contrary thought. He says, these things do the Gentiles seek after. He said, the world thinks like they need to get money. But he said, for you, the, the child of God, he's going to war against that particular mental structure. And he says, you, what do you do? He says, you seek ye first the kingdom of God. So you see, every true knowledge of God points back to heaven, points back to God. Even in the area of protection. You see, when um, uh, Gehazi was with Elisha, you have to understand, uh, the prophet was dominated by the word of God. The prophet of God was dominated by the word of God. The word of God was in him, but Gehazi was now picking up. He was still learning from him. And I think one of the reasons why Gehazi couldn't catch the spirituality because he was a greedy man. And greedy men never have revelation. It's a truth. One day I'll show you in the scripture. I don't want to, I don't want to divert. You see, so Gehazi says, Master, we are surrounded. Elisha said, what you don't realize is that they that are with us, I mean, he said, God, open his eyes that he will see that they that are with us are more than they that are with them. So, the man was divinity conscious. He was conscious that they, nothing can happen to me. So, God has been worrying with your mind and worrying with the things in your mind. Checking the things in your mind. So, every time you listen to the word of God, something is broken. That is, if you, if you take it in the spirit of humility, something is broken. Some people are not humble to the word of God because true exercising of humility, first of all, is to the word of God. Humility to the word of God. So that you will change your mind about something. Sometimes people are unwilling to change their mind, the mind they have carried through their infancy. That does not help them. They still want to keep on with that mind. When you preach something contrary to them, like people who say, put the Bible aside, let's face reality. You are proud. Humility to the word of God. You start learning the word of God. God will begin to teach you differently. You know, I refused early, I refused to be cultured by the world. In the beginning, we look stupid. But that is how every student starting from level 100 looks stupid. It's like, when? When? Are you getting it? It's like a guy who has entered medical school. When? Seven years. When? But first year, he's there. If he says, I came here to be a doctor. After two months, I'm not a doctor. If he goes on, will he ever be a doctor? He's never going to be nothing. So, people come in, rush. Okay, faith. We've heard it. Okay. Then they expect things to move like magic. Miracles and magic are two different things. So, the guy goes into medical school. He, he started on the first day. On the first orientation, seven years ahead of him. If he's a surgeon, how many, how many, how many, or is the same seven years? I need credible sources. He will add four more years to be a surgeon. So 11 years of going to school. So before he can cut human beings, he has to go to school for 11 years. So you see, he goes to school on the first day. He starts counting 11 years. When? 
So he goes in the first day. He's in the school. He sits there. They start teaching. One day goes. Two days goes. Three days. Things he didn't even know before. Now, he will now be, begin to hear certain words that are strange. Ampicillin. Amorphous bacteria. He will be, begin to hear things that he's never heard before. All of a sudden, something in his mind begins to change. And the amazing thing is that one beautiful thing, I can, I can say that because I also went to school, right? Now, one beautiful thing about it is that when the mental structure begins to change, one thing that happens is that he begins to view everything around him as medicine. Okay, maybe... Do I have a doctor? Okay, I don't have a doctor. Let, let me... What, what do you study? E- economics, statistics. So you studied economics and statistics. Oh, sit down, sit down. You studied economics. Has it, did it ever happen to you that when you start studying it, you start learning the theory, when you're walking around, you are economizing, you are using the theories. You are looking around and all the theories, the world to you, I'm seeing the world from a pastoral view, you are seeing from an economic view. For me, everybody is a soul. For you, everybody is an economic. <laughs> Tell somebody God wants to work on your mind. In your house, if you are with somebody, tell the person, maybe the person's dose, say, hey, God wants to work on your mind. God really wants to work on your mind. So the first thing that we, we, we know when we are talking about faith is, you know, when I look at my notes, I don't think these three days will be enough, but we'll still go three days. Maybe another time we'll continue the rest. Because even this alone, I can teach this for one week. The word of God working on your mind. I can teach it for one week. And those days, I used to say it, that I can teach something for one month. When we went on lockdown, I taught every day for three months. We did Romans chapter one for one week. Because the word of God is vast. You see, if you don't know it, you don't know it. Don't think it's Bible. Bible is Ten Commandments and advice. You know, some people, some people say that um, uh, the, the Bible was written by um, white men to control us. Man, listen, listen to me. If any white man has this kind of wisdom, he would have put his name behind the Bible that is the author. Because for me, I don't see anything controlling here. I see li- things that are liberating. When I read the Bible, I see liberating things, not controlling things. Come on now. Alright, let's move from, from this one. So, my target for you for this, working on your mind, is every day listen to at least two messages. Alright? Because we can, I cannot exhaust that today. Listen to at least two messages on faith. I will recommend to you Pastor Chris Data Library and the podcast. There are many messages there. Many, many messages there. So you do it, alright? So you work on your, on your, on your consciousness because it's going to take some time. It took some time for God to work on me. I, I, I noticed that I started growing and thinking differently when I started going to church. Because pastor said things that I didn't, I never heard before. Did that ever happen to you when you came to church? You're like, what have I been? It's like, was I raised? All right. Now we move. We go from. Remember yesterday? We, uh, you look at my diagram. 
my spirit area. Then I said this was the mind. You remember? Good. So we are going to move here now to here. So I'll, I'll show you what happens here. Listen, I said yesterday, and I, I, I stand by it, the word of God is the only material for faith. A, a dear lady asked me on Instagram, he said, so said, does it mean that it's only the word of God that can give faith? I said, simple. Nothing else. Let me address this thing. I said, now we are being very humble in this particular so if I shake your table, because I said the word of God is like a hammer. If I shake it, I break it. If it is you, just receive it and take it into your spirit. So the hammer of the word of God is about to work right now. Do you remember during the coronavirus time, there was a time that uh, they said somebody had a revelation and that if you open the Bible and you see hair, open the Bible, you see hair, put the hair into water and drink it. Nonsense. Some Christians are a problem. Nonsense. How? Listen, their stupidity. They ignore what is written in the Bible and they look for hair in the Bible. If, it's, if you did some, just say, oh, 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 oh. You just say, say oh, 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 oh. How did I do some? They say, okay. Then you receive with humility and say, okay, so I'm learning the writing now. I'm learning the writing now. Don't say, ah, this pastor, how can you say that it is all? How can you say that it is not this thing? It's not all. Pastor, but when we did the, the, the hell, we put the hand. How can you? You left the word of God. Listen now. When we, mention, when we mention faith, one of the people we always mention is Abraham. Eh? Go to Romans chapter 4. Verse 18. Who against hope believed in hope that he might become father of many nations according to that which was spoken. Not according to what he wanted to do. It's not like he wanted to have a child according to that which was spoken. You see, faith always is according to what God has said. Look at it. Who against hope believed in hope? That means he had faith. He believed in hope, all right? He had faith. So he said, who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations? So he put his faith according to that which was spoken. Go to Luke chapter 1. I'll show you another, another one. Look at verse 45. And blessed is she, the angel was telling Mary, and blessed is she that believeth, for there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. I don't know where Christians got this thing from. 
Christians got this thing from? There shall only be a performance. I said God is not committed to anything. God is only committed to his word. Blessed is he, is she that believe. For there shall be only a performance of those things. You see, God is very economical with his power. He moves in the direction of his word. And blessed is she that believed. For there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. So faith can only be based on the word of God. He says in Romans chapter 10. And faith cometh by hearing. Not faith coming by decision. Don't stand up to and say, I want to, I want to have, I just have faith. No. You know, in the Old Testament, faith could be equated to trust. In the New Testament, it is more than trust. I'm not saying it is not trust at all. It is, there's an element of trust. You need an element of trust in it. But in the New Testament, we are dealing with spiritual things now. In the New Testament, he now said that it is a substance. In the Old Testament, it was not a substance. It was more of you put your heart into something and you trust the Lord for what he told you. You just trust. You put yourself on his word. All right. But in the New Testament, in the Old Testament, the Bible says that the, the law was spiritual, but the people were carnal. So God couldn't relate with them according to truly the substances. But in the New Testament, we are spiritual. We focus on our spirit. So God can now deal with us according to the right rudiments of faith. So he says in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1, he says, for faith, come, he said, um, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So he said, it is now substance. Faith now becomes a commodity. Listen now, I said yesterday, I said, the word of God is the material for faith. And I mentioned yesterday that if you ask God for tab, say, God, I need a tablet. They don't manufacture tablets in heaven. If you ask God, Lord, I need 2,000 CDs for my fees. They don't print money in heaven. Why is it that in Genesis chapter 1, if God deals with material things, why is it that in Genesis chapter 1, God didn't go and buy a light bulb? Those bars. Listen, give attention to your spirit as a Christian. Alright? Let's go to the board. I want to write something here. So you write in your notes. Seen. S-E-E-N. Then under it you write unseen. Alright? You see there? Seen and unseen. So, 
with a scene, you write beside it, temporal. And the unseen, you write beside it, eternal. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18. Let me tell you something. The day my Christianity began to work as a pastor, and I began to see more results, was when I stopped listening to messages to preach them. Because there could be young ministers watching me right now. They are listening for revelation to go and preach. Listen. Listen for yourself. Listen. Someone might think I'm proud saying this. I'm a doctor of the subject too. Of the subject of it. Not by what I'm teaching you. Ah! Results of it. Come on now. <laughs> so what I'm saying is coming from my spirit. I, I don't need my nose to teach the topic. I have lived it. And I'm still living it. So I said, you write scene. Be, uh, be, uh, our spirit man is still there. Don't worry that I'm not, not drawing like a human being. If I draw like a human being, it will be disaster here. So let me just take my circle. Seen is temporal. Unseen is eternal. I said 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18. He says, while we look not. Amazing verse of scripture. I, have, I mean, you will look at it and you will be so shocked. He says, while we look not at the things which are seen. We look at the things which are not seen. He says, well, we look not. He said, we do not look at the things that are seen. He said, but the things which are unseen. That means these, how can we look at unseen? No, I have an argument with Paul. He said, while we look not at the things which are seen. He says, we are not looking at the things which are seen. He's talking to the believer, teaching him higher level, all right? He says, while we look not at the things which are seen. He said, but at the things which are not seen. Remember what he said in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1. Go back to Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1. He says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So the moment you go into faith, you have gone into the, the era of, or the area of unseen. All right. Now, we are not dealing with feelings here. We don't say, we are not dealing with feeling here like you are trying to feel the unseen. You are not feeling the unseen. He said, while we look, let's stay with the Bible, all right? Don't give God your mind. While we look not at the things which are seen, but the things which are unseen. Go back to 2 Corinthians 4, verse 18. He says, but the things, he said, but, but for the things which are, are not seen, he said, for the things which are seen are temporal. So that means anytime you are dealing, all right, let me, let me go where he says, but the things which are not seen are eternal. That means anytime you are dealing with anything that is seen, you are in the realm of man. Because it is only man that is temporal. David said, all flesh is as grass. So anytime you are dealing with the things you can see, you are 
in the realm of the temporal. So anytime we are dealing with the scene, we are dealing with man. Right beside it, man. Now, he says, but other things which are not seen. He said, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So, when you now go into the things which are not seen, and you start uh, uh, seeing the things which are not seen, you start relating with the things which are not seen, you have come into the realm of God. So, God can now do business with you. Are you seeing why he says, without faith, it's impossible to please God? Because when you are dealing with the eternal, you are dealing with God. And when you are dealing with God, you are dealing with the eternal. And because you are dealing with the eternal, God can now do transaction with you. So the thing you are praying for, God can now work with you there. Remember yesterday I said something, I said, faithlessness is dialing the wrong number. Someone might think I just gave a quote. It's not a quote, it's in the Bible. The Bible says, when we pray according to his will, he said, he heareth us. That means when we don't pray according to his will, he didn't even hear at all. Unseen. So, the, beside the unseen, eternal, right God. You have come into the realm of God when you start dealing with the unseen. Now, how do you see the things that are unseen? That's the question. How do you deal with the things that are unseen? Now, God wants to do a transaction. Now, because you have to go and do the transaction in the realm of God. What can God relate with when it comes to you? God can only relate with your spirit. Because your spirit also possesses eternal qualities. Bible says he has set eternity in their heart. Let me show you that scripture. Time, time is running, I don't know. I'm now entering the spirit one. Is all right? Ecclesiastes chapter three. Ecclesiastes chapter three. He says he had made everything beautiful in his time. Also, he had set the world in their hearts. The word "world" over there is a Hebrew word. It is um, olam. Olam means eternity. Eternity. Can you give me the NIV? Maybe the NIV will get it correct. All right. NIV. Maybe the NIV will get it correct. Did he get it correct? Yeah, NIV got it correct. He has made everything beautiful in his time. He has also set eternity in the hearts of men. Now, anytime the Bible says heart, I want you to listen. When the Bible says heart, Heart, when it comes to spiritual language, heart is not the heart that pumps blood. Neither is it, you know some people say, follow your heart. That means in, in, in human language, follow your heart is follow foolishness. Do you like that boy? I don't know. Follow your heart. That means go and fool yourself. Am I preaching to somebody here? Today is hot too. (laughs) 
So it says, where it says he has set eternity in their heart. So your spirit possesses eternal qualities. So it says he had set eternity also in the heart of men. So the spirit possesses eternal qualities. Now I was talking about the heart. I said, when it comes to Bible language, when the Bible talks about heart, he's actually talking about the spirit. How do I know? Go to Second Peter. Is this Second Peter? Yeah. No, sorry, First Peter. First Peter chapter three, verse four. Now, time will not permit me to go into the very foundational um, um, basics, the, the basics of spiritual and body, but I want to cut it from here. Maybe later when you come to foundation school, we'll take this. He says, but let it be the hidden man of the heart. Hidden man. I see. There's a man. He said, that man is hidden. He said, that man is hidden, and that is, is, is the heart. So let it be the hidden man of the heart, in which is not corruptible, same eternal quality. So God has an eternal, or, or is, God is in the realm of the eternal, and our spirit can transact with God. Our spirit can make a transaction with God. So as a Christian, you should be inside-minded. Write that down. As a Christian, I should be inside-minded. Give attention to your spirit man. Because that's where God can make transactions with you. So when you see people who are powerful with God, it is because whatever they, they, they seek from God or ask from God, they have the spiritual capacity to do the transaction with God. So you realize that the more you grow in the faith, the better you, you can do. Why? Because at that realm, you are dealing more with spiritual things. And when you are dealing with spiritual things, you can actually do transactions with God. So the conversion, even though the renewing of your mind, like I've talked about from yesterday, is so important, it determines what God can do in your life. The conversion of the word of God into faith can only happen in your spirit. It cannot happen in your mind. So you can know a scripture and you never see it happen in your life. Because the, the substance, the conversion. So sometimes you hear somebody, the person is very sick, and the person say, I know that by his stripes I am healed. You are not. The person is sick and say, I know that by his stripes. You see, while you are trying to teach them, they are trying to tell you what they know. But it's wrong. It, the fact that you are still sick and still convey that thing shows that there's something that's deficient. It means that you don't actually know it. It is in your mind, but it has to be converted into faith. The, where the conversion can happen is only in your spirit. Listen, the word of God, I wrote down here, write it down. The word of God is an unseen, heavenly, uncompressed material with the creative and operative ability of God present in it.
I'll repeat it. The word of God is an unseen, heavenly, uncompressed material with the creative and operative ability of God present in it. Now, pay attention. The reason why some people know the word of God and it's, they agree that the word of God is true and what God is saying is not a lie, yet they are never able to see it. Why? Is the problem the word of God? No. Psalm 119. Verse 89. You know this song? It's a beautiful song, but we don't listen to it. Forever, oh Lord, thy word is settled. In heaven, yes, the word is not settled in your life, it is settled in heaven. What God has said, it is hundred percent correct, but it is in heaven. When your spirit now contact it, it becomes settled in your life. I said, when your spirit now contacts it, it now becomes present in your life. Hmm. So you see, the word of God, like I said, is an unseen. Uncompressed. Heavenly material is a heavenly material. So, you like for example, if I say, Lord, I want twenty thousand Ghana cities to start a business. Oh Lord, you know, I want to experience healing in my knee. Once I make that request, God's answer definitely is what He has already said. God is not going to say anything new. So God says. You have it. That you have it, as far as God is concerned, he has finished dealing with you. Oh. As far as God is concerned, he has finished dealing with you. So now, you now take that you have it, move it from an incompressed state, because the word of God is, is, a, is a heavenly material. It will have to go through a process to be converted into what you can now consume. And like I said, that transaction happens in your spirit. Your spirit has to, I'm not going to um, use the words now. Your spirit has to see it. So, look at this. You start by hearing the word of God. But by the time it becomes faith, it becomes substance. When it becomes substance, you have to see it. Come on now, come on now, come on now, come on now. Do you understand substance now? So substance is not an idea. So I said faith is not an idea. So at, at the beginning, you heard it. After hearing it, you have to convert it into what you can see. 
It has to become substance. By the time it becomes faith, you can see it. By the time it becomes faith, I said what? You can see it. In Isaiah chapter 1. Um, padam, padam. He says, the vision of Isaiah, the son of Amos, which he saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. Give me the NIV. Let me get this for you. This is Isaiah chapter 1 verse 1, right? Sorry, Isaiah chapter 2 verse 1. Let me look at this. He says, the word that Isaiah saw. Do we see word? The word that Isaiah read, right? English. He said the word that Isaiah saw. Come on. Listen. I'll show you a scripture. First Kings. Chapter 2. You all know the story of when Isaiah, um, Elijah and Elisha were having, they were talking. Right, and Elisha said, Oh, I want to collect your anointing. You know the story, I'm just paraphrasing. So, I want to collect your anointing. Elijah said, Okay, follow the following way. You know the answer Elijah gave him. Elijah was an experienced prophet, Elisha was now coming. So, Elijah, as an, as, as an experienced prophet, now gave him the prophetic answer How will you receive the thing I want to give to you? He said, If you see me taking away, oh, listen, he didn't say. If you see me taking away, I will give it to you. Elijah said, you have asked a hard thing. That means, it is not in my place to give it to you. But he says, but I will show you the prophetic realm. This is how it works. If you see it, you have it. It's with... That is how it is with God. If you see it, God can deny it. So, so if God will not let you have it, he will not let you see it. Because, listen... Because if you see it, time will not permit me because I need to move from this into another thing. But, oh God. Hmm. If you see it, you have it. All right. So, go to Proverbs chapter 4.
So, take it for example, remember what I said, you put on the light in the mind. It's like we put on the light in the hall. So we put on the light in the hall. Now, we are seeing the way to the spirit. Now we carry, remember we are still talking about the mystery of light, or the principle of light. Because I'm, I'm teaching, you can, you can title this message, The Science of Faith. That is S-C-I-E-N-C-E. The signs of faith, all right? Now, we have put on the light in the mind. After putting on the light in the mind, we are going to the, the spirit. But there's a problem here in the spirit. In the mind, all the light doesn't have to be on. You can just have some on. Are you listening? Because that one takes a longer time. Right, so all the light doesn't have to be on. You you can relate to what I'm saying. You can even enter the, the, the hall with a torchlight. Or what are you looking for? The doorway to the spirit. Alright. So you go into the hall with small light. You are in more advantage if you have more light. You can be faster. But you can go in there with smaller light. Or just a few bulbs are on, or maybe a candle. You get to the door knob of the spirit and you enter. The condition in the spirit is that all the lights in the spirit realm concerning that topic have to be on. Mark eleven twenty three. So, take for example. Mark 11, 23, says, For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart. So listen, you can have a degree of light in your spirit about the subject. Once there's a little darkness in the spirit, you can have it. You can doubt in your mind. God does not relate with us in the mind, so it doesn't matter. But you cannot doubt in your heart. Remember we said the heart is the spirit. Now, take for example, you know some people say that when you put on light, darkness disappears. We've not really thought about it. It's not true. When you go to a very dark place, the amount of light you carry matters. Come on. The amount of light you carry matters. So, a very dark space, you carry a small touch light. You can't see much. Am I right? You can't see much. So, the amount of light you carry matters. Oh, God. So, go to Romans chapter 4. So, the first one was actually, oh, I, was dealing with, I was dealing with consciousness. This second one, I'm now dealing with conviction. Romans chapter 4, verse 21. He says, And being fully persuaded. He's talking about Abraham. Fully, he's not half persuaded. Fully persuaded. Listen, the doubt in the heart. Go back to Mark chapter 11. When there's doubt in the heart, the transaction cannot go on. 
So he says it has to be fully personal. That means all the light in the spirit at that time, you have to be fully illuminated. He said the entrance of thy word. He said it giveth light. And that light has to, time will not permit me, I would have gone into the mystery of light, how you, you, how you hold a flicker of light for it to become a day star and all that in, in, in your spirit. All right. Oh God, I wish I could go there. But I need to enter because tomorrow we are going to enter into another realm. Right. So we go into the spirit. He says Abraham was fully persuaded. That means it is important to be fully persuaded. That means at that time, all the light of God's word has opened your spirit about the subject. At that time, when it comes to this point, at that time, you know that you know that you know that you have the thing that you are talking about. At that time, you are not trying to believe. How does this happen? So you see that in my diagram, I have drawn three places, three curriculums here, or three columns here. Now, we brought the light from the mind, all right? Now, what we, we seek to achieve here is to see. I said what we seek to achieve here is to do what? Is to see. So we carry them. Listen, after these three days of faith, you should, be, you should know what to do about anything. If you're not lazy, you should know what to do about anything. Because I have... I've broken it down to a It's so simple. Now, somebody will say, ah, so I have to move from mind. Then I will go into, because after this, another thing has to come. Hey, pastor, this one here is very, very hard. I'll come to that. Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4. Bam, padam, padam. I'm enjoying this. 22. Verse 22. Let's start from verse 21. Um, let's start from verse 20. My son, how do we put on the light in the spirit fully? He said, my son, attend to my words. Underline attend. Hey, 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 hey. Something is rolling my spirit. Attend to my words. Then he says, incline thine ears unto my sayings. Attend means give attention. One of the reasons why I wanted to put off the comment section at the YouTube was because sometimes they type and they are distracted. You don't understand. Sometimes for it to work in your spirit, you have to give it attention. Rapt attention. Say, my son, attend to my words. Then he says what? Incline. Incline means step aside. Because here, yeah, you want to put everything on in your spirit. It is not this thing of I know I'm a success. I know I'm a success. What, what amount of light of that topic do you have? Attend to my word. So, in the first column, write incline. Boom, boom, boom. Oh. Lord, I live by your word. Lord, I live by every word from your mouth. I'm like a tree by the streams. I'm bearing fruit, my leaves are green, oh Lord. I live by your word. Mm. Okay, so we come here now. 
The first one is to incline. Look at the col- column there, the spiritual column there. It says, incline. And I said, what to do when you are inclining? I said, so step aside and listen. You listen, and you listen, and you listen, and you listen, and you keep listening. And the aim of, of listening and, and inclining your head is that you just want something to happen. And the thing you want to happen is you want to see. Do we agree? Because you are listening, and that is not the aim. You are, you are listening you are listening till you see. Um, are you getting it? You are listening till you see. Okay, so Proverbs chapter tw- verse 21. He said, let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thy heart. So we are dealing with the spirit now. Because it says, keep them in the midst of your heart. So over here, the next thing he's about to say is talking about the spirit. Now, go to verse 22. He says, for they are alive unto those that find Oh, they didn't catch it. It, it. Oh, God. So the word of God can work as death if you have not find, found it. So the second one is find. He said they are only life to them that find it, not life to them that read it. Someone would take Bible and put it under his pillow that is protecting him against demons. I waste your time. I've done it before. Because I realize that it's nonsense. Ah, the thing in the Bible, we will not read it all. We have time. You know what has worried you? It's Nollywood. You saw the pastor and the demon. Fire, then he took the Bible, he dodged it. Ah, God. We are, we are money haste Christians, like Are you cutting it? Find. He said, they are life unto them that find it. You see, until you see it, you will not have what you are looking for. How do I know? How do I know? Proverbs 24. Verse 14. Proverbs 24, verse 14. So shall the knowledge of wisdom be unto thy soul. When thou hast found it, then there shall be a reward. Oh God. God has given us all the answers. We are looking for something else. He says, so shall the knowledge of wisdom be unto thy soul. When thou hast found it, then there shall be a reward. And the expectation shall not be cut off. You see, so that scripture, my expectation shall not be cut off. My expectation shall not be cut off. He says it's not like that. Oh. He says, so shall the knowledge of wisdom be unto thy soul. And when thou hast only found it. So you incline until you find. So shall the knowledge of wisdom be unto thy soul when thou hast found it. Your spirit has eyes. Ephesians chapter 1. I'll read it in the NIV. Verse, I'll read in the NIV, verse 17. 
I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation on Sunday when I'm teaching an esoterica. Maybe we'll go there. I don't want to come here. But if we pass here, we will now destroy the whole subject because I'll go into another thing altogether. I'm so full of this thing. All right. May give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. Verse 18. He says, I pray also that the eyes of your heart the eyes of your heart. So your spirit has eyes. Your heart has eyes. So you're, you have inclined. You are listening. You are listening. But you have to keep listening. You have to keep listening. Listen, there are things that I needed and I wanted. I had to stay on message for two months. I just stayed busy for two months. Sometimes we listen one, two. We have not found it. We just want something to happen. We don't want magic to happen. It's an incline. So if, if it's on the subject of prosperity, you want to master, you want to know, so you might have to be on the message. Depending on the type of mental programming you have, that means you will spend more time in the mind. Before you now get into your spirit to now work it. So you see, it's a working. That's why I said it's called a science of faith. You're working an equation. You began. And when you began it, you started with your mind. There's something wrong with your mind. So many mental structures are not right. So God is breaking them down, setting up new structures. It is taking time. So sometimes it can take you three months. It's like maybe you are unable to walk. You are so used to not walking that if we say stand up and walk, it might be so difficult for you. If you say the word of God, by his stripes I'm healed. It might be so difficult. So what do you need to do? You need first of all to engage your mind. You will have to hear the word of God till you don't see yourself as a cripple. Let me tell you something. The moment... The moment people still say, oh, that cripple girl, and you still think they are talking to you, their mind has not even been worked. I'm not saying you are trying not to, to believe and accept. No, you have to listen to the word of God till you are so persuaded to the extent that when they call by mistake, they call by mistake the guy who does not understand this subject, you know it is not you they are talking to. Now we go into your spirit. When we go into your spirit, now you need to start working. The word of God now. Someone will ask, at what point does the, the uh, light in your spirit, we now start transacting in, this, in the night in your mind, we start transacting in the spirit. At what point? Now I said, these are spiritual things. We don't deal with them carnally. When you look at it like, hey, that means I have to finish this one before I go. No. Bible says concerning change, spiritual change. He says that in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, we shall be changed. Change in the spirit can happen in a split second. All these two can happen in the same time. These two can happen in the same time. I'll add another one. That one, two, can, all those three can happen in the same time. Now, look at this. You, what you want to do is to find. Now, you find. You find. You have to see. You have to see. I'm going to make a statement. At this time, you are fully persuaded. The light, the, the, the statement I'm about to make is a spiritual statement. So make sure you put it down. And don't forget it. I'll explain it. It's a spiritual statement. When light comes, faith is there. I didn't say, when light comes, faith will come. I said, when light comes, faith is there.
I said, when light comes, faith is there. No, I, I want you to catch it. I'll repeat again so you understand it. When light comes, faith is there. It doesn't sound grammatically right, right? Good. It doesn't look like it's a correct thing, right? Okay. Let me try and bring the, the language down to, to human language. When light comes, let's say this. Remember, we are dealing with the word of God as the, the commodity for the faith. All right? Let's say we are praying to God for this pulpit. We come and there is darkness in our spirit. The moment light comes, what we are praying for is actually there. When light comes, angels are not going to bring the pulpit. This is where you realize that it is, when we pray, it is not like God is about to send something. Oh God. When light comes, faith is there. You need to train your spirit. Listen now. You need to train your spirit to take a hold of it. And that taking a hold of it is the scene. Now, we are looking at, you see, somebody say, I was not seeing it. Let me tell you something. This, this is the issue with the scene. This is the issue with the scene. A blind man, listen, a blind man thinks the world is dark. He doesn't know the problem is him. The problem with what you have not gotten, the answer you have not gotten from God, is not God unwilling to release it. You have not seen it. Incline until you find. Someone say, I see, I see, I see, I see, I see. Somebody might be thinking we are talking about vision. Not necessarily. Spiritual vision, not necessarily. We are talking at the eyes of your heart. The eyes of your heart. Look, listen. When you see it, eh? when light, when you are persuaded and you see it, nobody can take it from you. You, you, you will now begin to tell people that, listen, this thing, I have it. And you are not saying I have it to have it. Oh, God. Romans chapter 4 verse 1. Abraham is the father. When we talk about faith, he is one of the major people who used to talk about faith. Okay. Romans chapter 4 verse 1. What shall we say then that Abraham, our father, pertaining to the flesh, hath found? So this thing in the Bible. Oh. He said, What shall we say then that Abraham? He said, What shall we say then that Abraham our father, as pertaining, pertaining to the flesh had found? Now the whole of Romans chapter 4 is about faith. Alright? It's about faith. Oh, you would love that, that chapter. Go and do your own study on, on Romans chapter 4. That's the reason why I didn't go into it during the because if we start that one, 
It's another thing altogether. What shall we say then that Abraham, our father, as pertaining to the flesh, had found? You see, when you watch movies, it doesn't show you very well. Listen, Abraham was a man of faith. He found something. He saw something. Sometimes, when, we, when, we, when they show the time when Abraham was going to kill his son, they show that and say, Abraham, when God spoke to him, that he should take his son. Then Abraham said, oh no, no. That's not what the Bible says. Abraham never said, oh no. Abraham heard it in the evening, the next morning, he said, come. The guy found something. And to prove to you that he actually found something, the Bible mentioned that he did not look at his body as now dead. He, uh, the Bible says in Romans chapter 4, he said that he did not look at his age. You understand? The guy was a man of faith. He did not look at his age. He also now borrowed some of his faith to Sarah. He said, neither also the deadness of Sarah's womb. Listen, to prove that he was actually a man of faith, after Sarah died, he still gave birth. So the problem was not him. His faith was strong. The guy found something. The guy found something. He said, what shall we say then? That Abraham, according to our father pertaining to the flesh, had found. Let me see. Had found. There's still a third column. Alright. He says, had found. Alright. So, when you find, it will now, now these, these things, eh, they can all happen at the same time. They are not necessarily, necessarily systematic. Sometimes they can be systematic. But, they all happen at the same time. It's a spiritual thing, you see. So, don't look at it like this. Um, it can just happen together. Alright. Now, he says, you talk about incline? You talk about find? Alright. When you find. Alright. What did God tell Moses? He said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. Alright. So, the same way you eat bread, God expects you to also eat his bread. So when you find it will now, all right? What when you incline, what you found, you must eat. Oh, Pastor, this one is not in the Bible, Pastor. Please don't deceive us over here, Pastor. Jeremiah chapter 15. Are you with me? Are you with me? Verse 16. Look at it. Verse 16. He says, Thy words were found, and I did eat them. He said, Thy words were found, and I did eat them. Now, let me help you here. You will notice that within these places, I've not been talking about using words, right? Or talking or something. Sometimes, in some cases, words can assist you in the mind. Words can assist you in the spirit. While you are still trying to share the light everywhere, you can be saying some things. But those things are not the things that cause it to happen. So sometimes you can be saying, I'm a success. I'm a success. But deep down inside, you know you are working on it. You are working on the light in your heart. That is not the main word. You are scanning, you are scanning, you are working. He said, because the thing that you found, the words that you found now, even though I said pulpit, I said it, it's a heavenly material God is dealing with you on. So you will not necessarily, 
Because we cannot eat the puppets. But God will give us what we are asking for as his word. So he says, I found thy words and I did eat them. Then what happened? So I did eat them and thy word was unto me joy and rejoicing of my heart. Have you noticed why when faith comes, you find yourself rejoicing? Yay! What we call a victory note. I found thy words and I did eat them. He said unto me, they became joy and rejoicing. So you just found yourself. All of a sudden, even though everybody in your area feels like they are poor, you just know that you are not poor. There's a joy and a rejoicing in your soul because of what God has said concerning you. So everybody is afraid of a bacteria or a virus. No, no, but you, there's a joy and a rejoicing in your soul. There's a joy and a rejoicing in your soul. Everybody's complaining. The economy is hard. Nobody has money. Nobody has this. Nobody is that. But you're walking and the, eh, everything is cool inside. You are cool inside. You are cool inside. There's a joy and a rejoicing. Because I found thy ways and I did eat them. Remember, I said the word of God is uncompressed. The one you have not found, you have not compressed. That means you cannot eat. Can you eat cassava raw? You cannot eat cassava raw. You will have to, in the boiling, you have compressed. Time will not permit me. I would have taken you through the process through which manna was made. You will, not, you will know that in the Bible, when you say the Israelites ate manna, it was not something that fell to the ground and picked on the floor and ate. No, go and read the Bible. They took that bread, the thing that fell from heaven. They took it through a process. I found thy words and I did eat them. And they became a joy and rejoiced my soul. When you eat it, you become full. At that time, you would have achieved the full light in your spirit. You would have achieved the full light in your spirit. You would have achieved the full light in your spirit. When you achieve the full light in your spirit... This circle I've drawn here, a hole will come here. And we'll talk about that hole tomorrow. Lift up your hand. Lift up your hand. Go ahead and pray in the Holy Spirit. <laughs> yes, Jesus. Shatakaba. Go ahead and pray in the Spirit now. The eyes of your understanding are lightened. The eyes of your heart are enlightened. 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 So kalamanto baradeskahaya. Wow. Yes. Lora bakoshekatalababa. And now I declare that I am strong. And I say that I am rich. Because of what the Lord has done for me. And now I declare that I am strong. And I say that I am rich. Because of what the Lord has done. I feel the anointing for me. And now I declare that I am strong And I say that I am rich 
because of what the Lord has done for me. Listen, let me share this. I didn't want to share it, but let me share it. Many people did not know. Remember at camp, I told you something. I said, for my faith in different areas of my life, it works. I tell you, my faith works in different areas of my life. There's only one area that I found that I was not experiencing the word of God. And that was the area of my health. One or two times I fall sick. One or two times. Ah. Then I would go to the hospital. I was like, no. So at camp, I said, I'm working on it. Hey, I now made a mistake. When I said I'm working on it, I didn't go and work on it. Because I had to do this. I didn't go and work on it. Listen. This year, I felt so ill. I felt so ill. I had not fallen that ill in about six years. Ah! It pained me. Then I was chatting with one of my daughters. And she said something. She said it jokingly. But she said, Ah, say, after ten years of Christianity. Then I knew that. I have to take this bull by the horn. You know what? When I recovered, eh? while I was, I was in the process of recovering, listen, I locked myself in a room. You were in the house with me. I refused to come down. I locked myself in a room and I was doing this thing. I locked myself. I said, Lord, the answer to divine health we will get before you will leave this place. I locked myself in a room. I don't come out. I locked there. Messages. Messages. PCDL. Messages. Sometimes I even listen to my own message. Messages. I bombarded myself in a day. There's nothing like overdose with the word of God. You see, in a day, I could take like seven messages. Because I needed to find on one of the messages. I found. I found. Ah! The man of God was, mess- was talking about how he was also sick when he was a child. And he listened to a certain. Ah! Listen, I know this scripture. You see, what we are talking about is not like you don't know the scripture. This scripture, I have preached it. I have prayed for people with it. I have done. I have, I have seen it. I had I preached it so much, but I had not found it. You can be preaching a message you have not found. And that message is from your head. So it will go to people's head. When it's from your heart, it goes to your heart. So you can know by his stripes I'm healed in the mind. But you'll be falling sick. Because God does not transact with you in the mind. I stayed though. I stayed though. I stayed though. Then I found this scripture. I know it too, but I found it. Because we are talking about a spiritual thing now. You already know it, but you have to find it. You have to see it. See it. Listen. I said, that's why I said, while we look not at the things which are... He said, while we look, we have to look. We have to see the unseen. So, the unseen over here, he said, for the things that are unseen, that means this unseen thing we are talking about, it is a thing. That means it's a thing. So, it is not abstract, it is a thing. It is unseen thing. Then I found, the Lord is the strength of my life. I said, ah! So, that means God can be my health. You see, it looks away to you. I have found it, so I know what I'm saying. Listen, at the time I found it, I had not fully recovered. When I found it, I stood up. Even though I still had symptoms in my body. I knew the light had come on. I said, the Lord is the strength of my life. All of a sudden, I started moving around the house. I was like, okay. The Lord is the strength of my life. And now, I declare that I am strong. 
And I say that I am rich Because of what the Lord has done Listen, tomorrow, fast Alright? Tonight, we'll do the 12.30 again 12.30 to 1 This time around, alright? Big scriptures when you speak in tongues, you say those scriptures. You speak in tongues, you say those scriptures. Take a scripture. This is the instruction of the Holy Ghost. Take a scripture for your health. Take a scripture for your prosperity. Take a scripture for your family. Take a scripture for your protection. Take these four. If you're a sound leader, you take a scripture for yourself. You're a pastor, you take a scripture for your church. When you speak in tongues, you call the scripture. Now listen, this prayer, don't pray it lying on the floor. Pace the floor in your room. Don't pray with anybody today. Today we're not praying with anybody. As you pray it and you call the scriptures, pace the floor in your room. Pace the floor in your room. Pace the floor in your room. As you, as you speak in tongues, Rabbi, should take it. It shall be like a tree. It shall be like a tree. Ah. Oh. I refuse to be small. I refuse to be small. I refuse to be small. The word of God is working in my life. I refuse to be small. Go ahead and begin to declare. Speak in tongues and begin to declare. The word of God is working in my life. I refuse to be small. I'm looking at the next billionaires. I prophesy millionaires are coming out of you. Millionaires are coming out of you. Thank you, Jesus. Millionaires are coming out of you. Millionaires are coming out of you. Shataka Baba. a tree by the streams I'm bearing fruit